The following is a special presentation of high school sports. It's the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a week six edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I am Justin Kenny here with DC Hendricks. Back in the saddle, thanks to Caleb Hatch for filling in a week ago. I'm sure it was a tremendously better show. You're killing usual. me. Two weeks in a row. I know, man. Two weeks ago, you're like, I'm not coming. Then you come, and we got. Then I got you and Dan. You st- stick me with Dan. You know. Yeah. I know we had our beef rough. going on. He brought me a t-shirt though, so yeah. I was well. Is that beef buried? I think we're good now. Okay. Yeah, we're good. It was like East Coast rap versus West Coast rap there it for was a little bit. Man. Like that. It yeah. was. It was you got both you guys as entourages were at each other in the parking lot. It was <laughs> it was getting a little rough, but buried the hatchet with a t-shirt. But yeah, we had Dan studio a couple weeks ago. Caleb Hatch filled in for me last week, but now back to normal. Back in the saddle for an hour of high school football talk here till seven o'clock. We'll break down some big games coming up in the next couple weeks. We'll look back as well. Congratulations, Homestead Spartans, 5-0, first team since the year 2000 to beat Bishop DeWanger and Snyder in back-to-back weeks. Bishop Lewis Knights did it way back in the year 2000. So Homestead effectively has a lead of two games on everybody in the SAC because they're 5-0. Bishop DeWanger and Snyder are each 4-1, and both of those losses have come to Homestead. And we have a tiebreaker. In the SAC. So even if DeWenger and Snyder would tie Homestead, they would break it with a head-to-head at the end of the year. So here we are, week six, and barring a complete collapse by the Homestead Spartans, they're in line to take the victory bell for the first time in program history. But still plenty of storylines in the SAC. We'll get to them, a big uh, Snyder and uh, Bishop DeWenger matchup coming up in a couple weeks. But... The big showdown this week is in the ACAC, Adams Central, South Adams, effectively a conference championship game, barring something crazy happening. And uh, we'll talk to Coach Michael Mosier of the Adams Central Flying Jets around 6.45 tonight. Before that, we'll have Josh Gerber, Norwell Knights, on his team. We'll face East Noble coming up on Friday night. We'll talk to Coach Gerber. And then we'll talk to Chad Zolman of the Homestead Spartans. We'll look back at the last two weeks and such uh, big-time victories for the Spartans the last couple weeks. How do they go forward? Avoid a letdown going ahead. They have their rival, Carroll Chargers, coming up a week from Friday. So still something to uh, to get fired up about if you're a Homestead Spartan in terms of the opponents on the field on Friday night. They get Northside this week, and then they'll take on Carroll next week. At Carroll. So, Coach Gerber, Coach Zolman, Coach Mosier coming up in the next uh, hour or whereabouts. But we always kick it off with my friend and yours from outside the huddle.net, Dan Vance. Dan, what's up? Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I, I kind of got used to you being in the, uh, in the booth, in the, in the studio that one week. <laughs> it was nice. I'm spoiled. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I don't know if DC was going to let me back, you know, the turf war and everything. Well, he's got his T-shirt. He seems to be okay. I mean, I'm sure he'll find something else to beef with you about at some point. So probably, probably stay on call. But uh, 
Dan, it was uh, the last couple of weeks have really been uh, enlightening, I think, both in the SAC, the Northeast 8 as well. But here we stand you know, heading into week six on Friday night. Officially halfway through the season, everybody will play week 10. So each team gets at least 10 games. What have we learned in terms of the landscape of the, the area football scene about what we expected, not what we expected, a little both? How would you kind of encapsulate the first half of the season? I think a little bit of both seems uh, a fair assessment. You know, we expected Homestead, uh, at least you and I expected Homestead to be the top team in the SAC. How dominant they've been, I think that's surprising. And the same could be said for East Noble. I think we expected East Noble to win the Northeast State. Uh, but how dominating they've been and how they've gotten there, uh, they've both been surprising. So I think it's a little bit of par for the course. Uh, but just how those teams are excelling and the rate they're excelling is pretty surprising. You've seen East Noble in person. I will get to see them on Friday night at Norwell. But for people unfamiliar with the 5-0 and East Noble Knights that maybe are are stuck in the SAC bubble, I mean, I personally think this is a team you could pluck from the Northeast State this year and put in the SAC. It would be in the thick of the conference race. But what have you seen out of the Knights uh, when you've seen them this year? Yeah, I think you're absolutely 100% correct. I don't know if they could beat a Homestead, but I'm telling you right now, East Noble could compete with Snyder, could compete with Carroll, and could compete with Bishop Dwinger. Um, and some people may think that's crazy, but they're just so high-octane of an offense. They're big on the line. They're big up front. And Bailey Parker is as a complete of a player as we have in this area, a quarterback and safety for them. Uh, they just have a lot of weapons, and it starts with, with Bailey, who's a dual-threat quarterback, can run the ball, can throw the ball, He's got great receivers, Gay Jernsberger, Hayden Jones, Rowan Zolman, who have been fantastic for him all year, uh, and ground threats there, too. You know, we've gotten used to Jacob Van Gorder. Uh, Justin Marcellus has busted out this year as kind of their go-to guy on the ground. Uh, they make plays. They're big playmaking teams. I've watched them the last two Friday nights in a row. And games that we thought could be close against DeKalb and against Leo, and they weren't close. Uh, you know, a touchdown each for those teams, and... Really, Leo's touchdown comes on a 99-yard kickoff return. Leo's offense scored zero points on East Noble. I think they're just too big and too strong, and I think that they would be a team that could compete for an SAC title out of the Northeast State, and that's kind of ludicrous. We don't hear that very often. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a very competitive Northeast State, like two through seven. I think there's a significant gap between East Noble and everybody else and everybody else and Belmont at this point in the Northeast State. Dan, let's look at the Summit Athletic Conference. We talked at the top of the show about Homestead effectively having a two-game lead, at least, on everybody else in the conference. Barring a complete collapse, Homestead is going to win the bell. Uh, are you impressed? Yeah, you, you said, yeah, you and I kind of thought Homestead was the creme de la creme in the, in the SAC. But have you even you been surprised at the, uh, I don't say dominance, but the convincing fashion in which they took out Snyder scoring on their first seven possessions last Friday, touchdowns. I mean, they made it look easy against that Snyder defense. Yeah, and that Snyder defense is not a bad defense at all. They did have some breakdowns uh, on Friday, but it's a really good defense. The impressive thing about Homestead is the amount of ways they've been able to attack. We knew they were athletic. We knew that they were going to attack you offensively. I think the emergence of Braden Hardwick, who we knew was a good rusher uh, coming out of last season, He's a great rusher. He's arguably the best rusher in this area. And, you know, you've got guys like Peyton Wall, like Jake Folk, like Landon Miller from DeKalb who have had great seasons. 
it's hard to say that Braden Hardwick is not the best running back in this area, and I don't think we expected that. And I think that's really helped propel their offense. Their defense is going to put in work. Those guys are are game changers. Uh, Cam Rogers, Jake Archibald, and, and we knew that too. But they have all stepped up their game. And even talking to Jake Archibald a few weeks ago, it, this senior class made it important to them to win the bell, and they've kept that at the forefront. No Homestead team has won the bell. Since Homestead and Carroll came into the SAC uh, in football and basketball, they've won in girls' basketball. They've won in boys' basketball. The Homestead hasn't won in football yet, and this group made that a priority, and uh, they've, they've been very convincing in how they've done it. He is Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Uh, Dan, sticking with the SAC, we look at the bottom of the conference and two teams jump out. Bishop Lewers at 1-4, Wayne at 0-5. Which one is more surprising to you? Uh, they're both kind of surprising. I'm going to go with Wayne just because we, we knew they lost a lot from last year, but what they had back uh, and then adding in Nate Moore, uh, and then getting a quarterback who throws such a good ball like Aiden Meek does, we really expected them to be closer to the uh, the top of the conference, maybe not continuing for a title, but right there, four, five, six, seven-ish. I don't really think that we expected this kind of a, uh, a start and to be 0-5. And so that's got to be the bigger surprise to me just because Lures we knew was going to fall somewhere between 5 and 9. Um, we expected them on the higher end, but I don't think anybody expected Wayne to be the last place team in the conference after five weeks. Yeah, you look at the Wayne Generals 0-5 and, and their remaining schedule. They get Snyder, Concordia, Homestead, Carroll. So if you're looking for a win on that schedule, you're looking at that Concordia game. And uh, even then may be a stretch. So uh, after going 9-3 and a year ago, uh, Wayne at 0-5, it's not inconceivable that they go uh, winless, at least in the regular season. Of course, they went 0-10 in 2015 in Derek Moore's uh, first season. Dan, let's go to the ACAC, the big one coming up on Friday. Adams Central, South Adams, and Monroe. Uh, South Adams hasn't given up a single point in conference play. They've dropped 247 points overall on teams. Uh, last week, we kind of uh, raised our eyebrows when they only won by 19 on the road against a top 10 foe in Monroe Central. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. I mean, South Adams offensively, does Adam Central have anything to slow down that offense? I'd love to say yes. Uh, and I don't know that we've seen Adam Central tested enough to know or that we've seen South Adams tested enough uh, with a strong defense to know. But, man, they're so good. James Arnold has thrown a terrific ball year, has almost 1,000 yards passing this year already. And you're talking about a kid who did not play week one, played half the game week two, half the game week three, half the game week four. Um, last week was really the only time where he was in past halftime all year long. Uh, his thrown, I believe, 17 touchdown passes this year. Uh, last Friday night became the school's all-time leading passer as a junior. And he just has so many weapons. You know, you're looking at a team that played without Nick Stuber uh, because of an injury against a top-five team in 1A, and it didn't matter because there's always a next man up there. Uh, they can spread four or five guys wide a lot of the times offensively, they're, they're a team that's going to be very tough for anyone in 1A to challenge. 
Dan, quickly looking at the uh, Northeast Corner Conference, Angola was the darling the last couple years. They're one and four. We see West Noble atop the big division, uh, East Side atop the small division right now, tied with Fremont. But uh, West Noble not as good as he as Angola was the last couple years. But I think this is a team that we shouldn't ignore. They had eight wins a year ago. They're uh, on uh, five and zero oh this year. They have some challenges coming up at Garrett and Cherubusco over the next couple weeks, but. Uh, Credit to Monty Mayorder with this uh, talented group to get them uh, at 5-0 and in the first half of the year. Yeah, I think that West Noble is going to be a, a really fun team uh, for the rest of the season. Like you said, I, looking ahead, week eight, uh, and they go to Bunsko, I think that's going to be a really outstanding game uh, when you're dividing up those two divisions uh, in the NACC. West Noble obviously standing atop the, the big division. i got to give a lot of credit to this team. You know, we talk about Brandon Pruitt a lot. Uh, committed to the Navy. He is one of the best players in this area. Josh Gross has been a game changer for them on both sides of the football this year. Uh, has really affected things. He's a high-energy kid who just goes out there and has fun and works hard. West Noble's a fun team to watch right now, and I think that uh, it's possible that when you get a team like this that builds momentum, these are the kind of things that Angola built on to become kind of an NECC dynasty. And I think that's something that could happen at West Noble getting people excited and looking near about high school football. Yeah, and sectional 26, I mean, you got Mishawaka Marion in there, who is very good. Uh, obviously, they've had some, some huge wins this year over, over teams like Jimtown and Riley. But maybe West Noble can make some noise in the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, but they look well on their way to a uh, championship in that big division. And so we'll see what happens uh, going forward. I don't think West Noble's won a single postseason championship of any kind, I don't believe. I don't think they've won a single sectional. But, uh, Dan, before we let you go, uh, wanted to ask, straight up. I'm going to ask you here. We sit week six, halfway through the season. If you had to pick right now in terms of favorites to get to Lucas Oil Stadium over Thanksgiving weekend, who would you pick right now? I think there is a chance at three teams. Uh, I'm going to go in order of, of least likely to most likely, and I'm going to go Dwinger at three. It's hard for me to say that South Adams is not going to get to the state championship across one eight based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because Coach Mosier has already given me crap for mentioning State and South Adams in the same sentence. So now he can uh, he can give you crap as well because we're putting oh, big pressure on. I'm sure I'm sure he will, but you know, and, and coaches hate to hear that, but you know, it's <laughs> it's just kind of the facts. What they've shown so far, uh, they'd be hard for teams in two A and three A to stop. Uh, let alone the 1A. Yeah, especially going into a rivalry game this weekend. It's like the last thing my guys need to be hearing is talking about State when they got Adam Central coming up on well, Friday. Well, hopefully they're at practice and they're not listening to you. Yes, well, hopefully. I mean, who knows if anyone's listening at this point. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, let us know what's new at OutsideTheHuddle.net. You know, we got the regular stuff this week. We'll have the, the picks uh, in our big game, obviously breaking down Adam Central and South Adams on Thursday, uh, Friday, have a feature story on another South Adams player, Christian Somerset. Uh, really outstanding player. Learn more about, about Christian and the story he has to tell. Uh, coverage all weekend, coverage of that game, coverage of everything. And I know it's not basketball season yet, but we have started our feature counting down the top 50 girls basketball players uh, in the area. We started that over the weekend. Uh, today was number 46. So counting those down, you know I'm big in basketball, so we start early, and then October 8th we'll start with the boys' countdown. So one person a day, uh, count down the top 50, and so by the time basketball season gets here, uh, you'll probably already be sick of our basketball coverage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in the thick of football, but, man, basketball's sneaking up here. We're getting ready to just flip the calendar to October here in a week. 
Yeah, yeah, you're going to have girls basketball practice starting uh, fairly soon, actually. So it, uh, it's that interesting time of the year where you uh, get busy and you got girls playing volleyball that have to go to basketball practice and guys playing football that have to go to basketball practice. So it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year. It keeps it real busy. All right, brother. Appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, man. As Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us as he does each and every week to kick off the show at 6 o'clock, break down the landscape of high school football in the area. We're going to take a break, come back. Coach Josh Gerber-Norwell Knights will join us. He takes on another Knights team coming up on Friday with East Noble coming to town. Chad Zolman and Michael Mosier later on in the show. I'm Justin Kenny with D.C. Hendricks. You are listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumbach Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. By AARP and the Ad Council. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the week six edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumbach Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny here with DC Hendricks, who's uh, yawning before the between segments. It's killing me, man! Killing me. You're a working man now, all day, every day. But you're also a father, so that you know you're used to it at this point. But uh, good to have you in all day, man. It's a it's new experience to, for you. It's good to good, good to have you back as well. Now, does to, this to mean get to talk about what I do during the breaks? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that's <laughs> that's what people wonder. That's what people wonder. Does this mean not as many late nights then for DC Hendricks going forward? Uh, I'm still I'm still young, so I'm up. I'm still up at <laughs> That's night. That's true. You just be out getting in trouble anyway. If you're absolutely. So it's probably for, for the better for everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, the premier game coming up on Friday night here in the area. It's it's kind of a lopsided week uh, in the SAC and elsewhere. But even if it wasn't, this is the game that everybody be looking forward to. Five and zero, five and zero, undefeated showdown in the ACAC. South Adams travels up the road to Monroe to take on the Flying Jets. Head coach of the Adams Central Flying Jets is Coach Michael Mosier. He joins us right now. No, I'm, 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 this is Josh Gerber. I'm way off. Can we send it to break and come back? No, we're not going to do that. Uh, Josh Gerber is joining us from Norwell. No, coach, how are you? Just well, sit on yourself. I can pretend to be Michael if you'd like. Well, yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, you know, he's such a he's got such a foul mouth and everything. I'm sure you'd probably get me in trouble. I wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> Coach, you're out watching middle school football, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. We've got the Indian Springs here tonight. Watch our eighth graders right now. Oh, so you're taking on future uh, uh, pro, uh, protégés of Coach Fox then, huh? Correct. That is correct. Yep, they got us in the seventh grade game, the eighth grade game just got rolling. Gotcha. Well, we won't keep you too long, but wanted to uh, talk to you. You guys are three and two. Uh, you went to New Haven and dropped a thirty-five to ten game last week. But before we get there, I want to go back. I haven't talked to you since that that the week three game, the three to two game where you guys opened your new turf. Uh, a lot of excitement and uh, a, a first three-two game in either program's history. Uh, take us through that. Was it as weird of a game as the scoreboard showed? You know, not really. As, as a coach, you just keep thinking, what's next, what's next, what's next? And, you know, offensively, we weren't clean enough in our execution to get the ball in the end zone. And, uh, you know, and defensively, we were outstanding all night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the three and two was not really a surprise. We felt like, I think we had about 270 yards of offense that night, but we just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And, you know, we missed a couple field goals that uh, they just all kind of caught it's one of those games where, man, as excited as you are for your defense, you're frustrated with the offense. 
Exactly, yeah, and, and we weren't able to move the ball. We were pretty good at the the 20s, uh, but when it came time to, to punch in, we, we struggled and, and just couldn't finish, the, couldn't finish the deal there. Coach, prior to last week, you guys had held all four of your opponents at seven or below in points. You'd shut out Jay County. You'd shut out Belmont. Uh, you go to a New Haven team that has a lot of athletes. Um, what was kind of the issue last week that maybe wasn't earlier in the year? Well, you know, they're, they're, you know they were an 0 14 coming in the week, and we told the kids by the best 0 14 you'll ever see. They had athletes everywhere, and uh, and I don't know that our kids prepared like they should have. I don't. We didn't have a great week. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. I think, um, you know, we think maybe we got a little bit big for our britches, and then they came out and uh, they hit us hard early and, and jumped on us early, and, and and we struggled from that point on. Um, we had some uh, we got some injury issues. We need to get some guys healthy. We got a lot of guys out right now, so we need to get some guys healthy and uh, get ready for the tournament run. Coach, a little bit about your junior quarterback, Eli Riley, has been very good for you. He showed some signs last year as well. But uh, a kid that uh, maybe gets overlooked in terms of the area landscape and quarterbacks, but he's been able to make some plays for you. Yeah, you know what? Eli's been outstanding for us, not just as a quarterback, but as a leader. Um, and we've had some games a little bit, a little bit lopsided. We haven't really had to showcase him, or haven't really had an opportunity to showcase him, just because the way things have been, things have played out. But a uh, great leader for us. Uh, he, he's going to be a kid that, uh, you know, he's going to get some college attention. He's not going to be a Division One kid, but he's going to get some college attention. People are going to like him probably more as a defensive back than as a quarterback. But you know, he's uh, he's always on the field for us. He's a guy always in the mix, either offensively or defensively. Coach, who are some of your guys you guys rely on on defense? Because being able to limit Leo, Peyton Wall, the running back, to just three points, uh, really, really impressive. Now, that front seven especially played well for you. Who are some of the guys you guys are counting on? You know, what they have? Uh, oh, we just scored. Oh, it fell about to do. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're right. We're getting play by play. Front seven's been outstanding. Um, those tackle sophomores, Zach Christensen, uh, Quinn Dryband, and Kale Gray at the, uh, at the end. Our, our inside linebackers, Max Ringer, Joe Winkenberger. Uh, you know, Joel's probably not going to play this week. He's a little dinged up. Uh, Sam Walker on the outside, Jace Chaney, Isaiah Brady. They, we've done a really good job uh, being aggressive and attacking, and and, uh, and they really set the tone for us. We get after the quarterback for the most part pretty well, and that, and that helps our young secondary as well. So, uh, you know, we've got to kind of get back to doing what we were doing before before we got into uh, New Haven week there. Well, the loss will get guys back on track, and also facing East Noble will really capture the kids' attention. What do you need to prepare for coming on Friday? You know what? They're they're really uh, they're really athletic. Uh, you watch them; their front is solid on both sides of the ball. Quarterbacks outstanding. The park is good. Receivers are really good. Running back is really good. You know, offensively, you don't really see a weak at them. Uh, and defensively, same thing. You know, linebackers scrape and flow really, really well. Their coverage is solid. Uh, throughout, we got to, you know, but our, our focus has got to be on us and, and growing and getting better. Uh, and, and you know what, like we'll, we'll see how things fall, but, you know, we'll go play a great game and, uh, and give them everything we got. I don't think that anybody's going to pick us to win, but you know, we're going to prepare like we're going to and we're going to go play like we're going to. Coach, obviously you guys are focused on East Noble, but the final four weeks of the regular season, East Noble at DeKalb against an improved Huntington North team and then at Columbia City. What have you kind of really kind of harped on through the first half of the season that you feel you guys are going to have to do to survive the second half of the season? 
you know what? We got to get better every week, every day. And you know, we start to see with how we got to get a little bit better every day. And if everybody gets a little bit better every day, by the end of the season, we're a lot better. And, and we've got to stick to that. So it's kind of the, the season can be a little bit long, and it can feel a little bit uh, hard from time to time. Like it's like there's no end in sight. You know, probably not going to win a conference out three and two. Uh, you know what I mean? So we've got to find ways to keep guys motivated, but they've got to focus on getting a little bit better every day. And if we can do that, we'll be all right when the tournament comes around. Coach, are you, are you still getting used to the turf? Are you still getting used to not having mud on your shoes all the time? Well, you know what? It is a little bit different. Um, and it's, uh, it's a nice surface. We really appreciate it. We've been able to practice on it. We've been able to play on it a couple times, and we get to come back home again this, uh, this Friday night. Um, so we're, we're excited. The kids love it. Uh, the flag football league we've got going, the, the Pee Wee football league, the six-way tackle league. It's been, you know, we're getting a lot of use out of it. It's been a really good, uh, really good thing for the program. Kids are excited about it. People in the community like it. So it's, it's, it's been a win for us. Coach, you always want to have on uh, on field success. But in terms, and that's the, the biggest you know equalizer for, for getting fans out, but talking about a community like Norwell that really supports their teams, I mean, have you seen the type of effect that the turf has had? Can it really galvanize a community in terms of supporting a football program? Well, you know, I don't know if, if it's going to galvanize them. We have a very supportive community as it is. Even when we weren't winning a lot of games, we had people that would show up and stand by us and, and, uh, and who really, you know, just, it's just a good supportive community. And we, you know, I think the turf adds a little bit of excitement to what we're doing. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the galvanizing force as much as it is. They appreciate how hard these kids are working and, and the kind of kids we have in our program. They represent our community well. And, and, and that's their goal. So we're, we're trying to do the best we can to represent the community well. And I think the community sees that and supports us. All right, Coach. Appreciate the time. Good luck uh, heading into Friday night. We'll talk to you down the road. Hey, sounds good. You guys have a great evening. Appreciate it, Coach. You too. That's Coach Josh Gerber, Norwell Knights, joining us here as uh, we roll on to the show. And you know, congratulations to Norwell starting off 3-1. and one. They dropped that game at New Haven 35-10 to 10 last week. Of course, all the talk in week three was that 3-2 to two game loss to Leo. Leo kicked a field goal midway through the fourth quarter. It proved to be the winning points. Uh, Norwell or Leo had never played a game resulting in a 3-2 score ever in the history uh, of either Pro State was 3-2. After that, um, stats get a little sketchy. So not sure uh, when the last 3-2 game uh, in the state of Indiana was, if ever. But thanks to Coach Gerber for coming on. Like I said, challenging second half of the schedule. Had New Haven last week. East Noble this week, DeKalb, Huntington North, Columbia City to wrap up the season in the final three weeks of October. So a lot of uh, challenging opponents coming up for Norwell. Another team that uh, it keeps rolling, the Homestead Spartans, they dispatch Bishop DeWanger and Snyder in back-to-back weeks. Coach Chad Zolman of the Homestead Spartans will join us after the break. You are listening to the Week 6 edition of the High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. You're listening to The High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio, 138 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Week 6 edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet, where we also give updates for what happens between segments with D.C. Hendricks during the commercial break. But we're going to pass on that this time uh, for D.C., uh, so thank you to uh, Coach Gerber before the break joining us, talking some Norwell football. The Knights will host East Noble coming up on Friday night. A team that uh, 
it's not necessarily taking a deep breath because it has a game against uh, an improved Northside squad coming up on on Friday night. But when you go Dwang or Snyder back to back weeks, uh, it can feel uh, kind of relief a little bit to get past that, especially when you get a couple of wins in those games. Homestead five and zero have command of the SAC heading into Week Six. Coach Chad Zolman of the Spartans is joining us right now. Coach, how are you? I'm good. We're good. Oh, I bet. I bet. Back-to-back. Big wins. One at Shields Field, and you come back at home last week, and the offense is clicking on all cylinders. Looked good, man. Congratulations. Well, thank you. The kids really played well, and uh, it was fun for, for, for the kids. What was the game plan against Snyder? I mean, you well, can't give too much away because you may see him again. To give up 36 points, that's <laughs> for sure. But uh, probably, I don't know that we would have managed to score as many points as we did. That was, our offensive performance was, was tremendous. And uh, the things our offensive staff put together and, and the game plan they put together was just fantastic. And uh, you have to take what they give you. And then we were able to do that Friday night. Yeah, I was really impressed being on the sidelines. I could see, you know, if when Snyder would adjust things, when they would bring up their safeties, maybe you go over the top when they drop them deep, you guys would take things underneath. Of course, Braden Hardwick was running uh, as he's done almost 800 yards already on the season. Uh, it's just that offense that continues to click, but kind of want to focus on that offensive front because without those guys, none of those other ones can make plays. Right, and you know, that was kind of the question mark coming into the season, is with the, with several new kids on the on the front and how they'd mesh and gel, and they've certainly gotten better and better, and they uh, they can play better. And I think you know, as as the season goes along, it's, that's the goal is to continue to get better. But they certainly did a good job. They're undersized. I mean, we only average. I don't know. It's not compared to the lines we're facing defensively and offensively. It's it's uh it's amazing what they've been doing lately. Coach, you guys were able to execute offensively, particular in third and fourth downs. Eight of 13 on third down, a perfect four of four on fourth down. What does it take? Because a lot of those were, you know, intermediate to long yardage as well. I mean, what does it say about an offense that can not just move the ball like it did, but also convert in big uh, spots like they were on third and fourth down? Yeah, it says a lot about their execution on that side of the ball. I think they're... You know, they preach precision on routes. They, you know, all the little things and details they focus on, and uh, they're able to execute it at a high level. And uh, it is all about execution for us. And, and uh, our coach and staff and Coach Skelton did a great job of. He made great calls all night, and they they executed when they're called upon. So, you know, they they do it in practice, and say, so, you know, it translated in well into the game Friday for sure. Coach, somebody that stood out to me last week, scored his first touchdown of the season, was Jared Kistler, a wide receiver. So many people focus on Jake Archbald and Griffin Little for good reason. But uh, Jared Kistler uh, came up big for you in a big spot. Yeah, he made some tough catches, too. One, some that weren't easy, and uh, we've been waiting for that from him. We've seen him practice. We know what he's capable of, and uh, it's certainly something that we're coming to expect of him. He's got a, you know... A, big frame and he's got some speed and some great hands and so all that should add up to some production and he certainly produced Friday for us. 
Coach, wanted to ask you about Jake Archbold. I mean, he, he splits time at the quarterback position uh, last season, comes back. He said, I just want to I just want to play. I just want to be on the field. He's been great for you at wideout at, uh, on defense as well. I mean, he's just the consummate kid that, yeah, he doesn't want to give up on a position, but he also wants to help his team in any way, and he's doing it on both sides of the ball for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's, he's, as we said before, the ultimate team guy. He wants the success of the team, and he wanted to play. He wanted to be on the field more, and uh, he's he's getting his wish this year. I mean, he's he's never off the field, you know. So uh, he's just a utility kid that can play multiple positions for us, and does a tremendous job uh, wherever we ask him to play. So, and, and his unselfishness is is, is probably. Testament to him and his teammates. They they all feel that way. The success of the team has been at the forefront of this this senior group, especially, and it's pretty neat to watch. He is Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Coach, another defender that's been a standout is Cam Rogers, particularly in that Bishop DeWanger game, was all over the place. I think uh, he finished with 17 tackles, a couple sacks. Uh, he looks even more intimidating with one hand wrapped, uh, nursing an injury there to the hand. But uh, uh, the kid's proven that he, he can be just as effective uh, with one hand as he is for two. Yeah, Cam is a unique backer. He has tremendous closing speed. Uh, he's, you know, defense is about getting off blocks and, and making plays and having a desire to, to tackle someone to the ground, you know, honestly. And he's one of those kids that you don't have to tell him, put him on the ground. He's, he naturally does that. And, uh, he just has an instinct to, to fill holes and sees windows well and all. And he's, even with a, a club on one hand, he's, he's doing a tremendous job for us. I think it's almost more intimidating with the club, to be honest. It might be. You're right. <laughs> uh, especially with the way he plays. Uh, I can't let you go without uh, asking you about Luke. I mean, Luke Goody, Jr., of course, everybody knows him about basketball, but uh, sitting with over 1,200 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's making good decisions with the football. He's getting uh, the ball to playmakers in space, making them, allowing them to make plays. I mean, what can you say about the kid at this point? Well, he was good last year. He's even better this year. You know, the things he does out there. And, uh, we've, we often talk about football savvy, and he's got it. You know, he understands the concepts we're, we're installing. And, and if, if something fails or it, it, does, it doesn't go as designed, he's smart enough to know and look to see what's, what's available if he's throwing the ball, that kind of thing, you know. And, we do some check with me stuff, and as everybody knows, and he puts us in good positions and calls good plays, and uh, so it's it, it's uh, fun to watch him develop. And he's his arms stronger, you know, he's physically stronger, and I think even more football savvy than he was last year. So his production has been tremendous, and uh, as you said, it's 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 fun to watch when they're all clicking. Coach, you have plenty of teaching points, particularly defensively, coming out of last uh, Friday's game. You get Northside and Carroll both on the road coming up in the next two weeks. What do you want to see from that defense over the next uh, couple couple weeks? Well, we, there were some, some issues Friday night with alignment issues and where our eyes are and coverage and, you know, just simple things like that. They're easy to fix, but cost you if you don't do things well against a quality opponent like we're going to see the next two weeks and so um, we have to make sure that we are assignment sound and make sure that we're breaking on balls better i think we, we let the ball 
sit in the air too long before we broke on a little bit last week and some of the you know some of our drops and things like that that we just have to clean up and i think we'll be okay all right, Coach. Hey, appreciate taking the time to talk to us. Congratulations on uh, a great couple weeks, and uh, we'll see if it can continue. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans, 5-0, and beat up on uh, Snyder 49-36 to last week. You don't see uh, many teams drop 49 on Snyder, especially in the SAC. I think the dominance we saw from that Homestead offense against that Snyder defense, reminiscent last year of when Carroll really took it to Snyder. But that's the only game uh, in in the memory of me for going back a couple years where anybody has been able to do that against uh, the Snyder defense. And I think he was even better than what Carroll did last year because for the first seven possessions, Homestead scored seven touchdowns. The eighth possession was when they killed the clock. So effectively, they scored on every single possession in which they were trying to score. So uh, you're not going to win very many games when you're letting a team score on 100 percent of their possessions but that's exactly what homestead did last week they go to an improved Northside team coming up on friday uh with a north side getting back-to-back wins over bishop lures and wayne the last two weeks the status of deuce taylor starting quarterback is a little questionable for north side at this point so that would be a big 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 loss for north side they're a completely different team with deuce taylor at quarterback so his availability a little bit in question heading into friday night we're going to take a break come back coach michael mosier adam central flying jets will join us uh, for the final segment of the week six edition of the high school coaches show presented by Crumback chevrolet on espn radio 1380 and 100.9 fm now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio, 138 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time here. Week 6 edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, coming on, Coach Zolman. Before the break, talking some uh, Homestead football commanding, commanding two-game lead. Over the rest of the conference in the SAC, 5-0. and Only two other teams, 4-1. and Homestead has wins over both of those teams, Bishop DeWinger and Snyder, with a tiebreaker in the SAC in play. It's effectively a two-game lead. So Homestead, their final four games at Northside, which, um, depending if Deuce Taylor's there, available or not, drastically changes things uh, for the Legends. So they have Northside coming up. They have Carroll and a rivalry game on the road. Then they wrap up with Wayne and Southside, Week 8, Week 9. Those teams are combined 1-9. and nine. Although, D.C. Hendricks, your archers getting a win last Friday. How about that? What up? That's what I like to hear, some yeah, positivity. Yeah, buddy. Let's go, archers. Yes, sir. So, uh, really good win for the Southside archers to get a victory. Past them coming out here, uh, practicing on the field. They weren't in that uh, beat-up, hilly old uh, field across from Calhoun Street, man. So, at least they're on the field getting some... Uh, some action, so... Don't get me started. I know. Well, don't get me started. I, I totally agree with you. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, D.C. Hendricks, Southside Archers, getting a win last Friday. Another team that won last week is a team that hasn't lost yet this year. They're 5-0. and Who knew after they graduated so many guys a year ago? Adam Central went to Heritage last week, got a 35-6 to win, and they got a big one coming up on Friday night. It's the ESPN Radio Game of the Week coming up. On Friday, D.C. Hendricks will be producing that game with Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith with all the action from Monroe. Head coach of the Adams Central Flying Jets is Michael Mosier. He's on the phone with us right now. Coach, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Not bad. And I got some beef good. with you, man, because in the preseason we spoke, and you say, you know, if we can, if we can be in that conversation for the top three teams in the league, you know, we'll be feeling pretty good. We got so many young guys. You're you're five and zero, oh and looking pretty darn good doing it, man. I feel duped. Well, I think sometimes we as coaches feel the same thing. You know, I would still think that we're, we're still not quite uh, as good as what I'd like to be. I think we're still uh, improving and, and getting better. But uh, I, I would have to admit that I'm a little uh, surprised we're 5-0. and And, and I'm, I'm excited about being 5-0. and I think for us, the, the, two big, the two big games for us was uh, Eastside and uh, Monroe Central. And those are teams that, you know, I was... You know, looking into the season, I was really hoping, okay, maybe, you know, hopefully we could play with them. And we end up playing with them and beating them, which was really a, a surprise to me. But I, I was really, really proud of the way our kids have, have really handled themselves this year. And that's what I think has really been a surprise. Just our senior leadership has really stepped up and, and said, hey, we, we're going to continue this tradition. And, and I know that we're inexperienced and we got some young guys, but we're going to pull them along. And, and they really have. And I, our young guys have been playing really well. Yeah, Coach, you guys, uh, a lot of young guys really stepping up. You mentioned that week two and week three. And you go to Eastside, yeah. a team that really dominated Cherubusco on the road. Yeah. And then Monroe Central, which, uh, uh, when are we going to invite Monroe Central into the ACAC? I mean, they're already playing <laughs> half of you guys anyway. I know. That's true. They, they should be in. That's no doubt about that. They're a well-coached team. And uh, John Hostetler down there does outstanding. And they're a, they're a hard physical team. They would sit well in the conference for sure. Yeah, their only two losses are to you guys and South yeah. Adams over the last yeah, couple of weeks. Exactly, uh, Coach, exactly. We'll, we'll start with Dallas Schwaller. He was a senior that kind of yeah. Yeah. B- you know, bided his time behind a uh-huh. starter. He was one of your few guys who at least had some experience as a senior coming back, but he's, yeah. he's done an admirable job at that quarterback spot. You, you know, he really has. I'm really proud of him. And, and you know, if, if, if you would have told me he would have been doing so well when, when he was a freshman, I'd be like, scratched my head because he has really come a long way in these four years. You know, he has, like you said, he's been behind a, a, a Parker Bates for a few years and just hasn't had a whole lot of experience with uh, with being behind him, but he has really fit into that role. And there's a lot of things, too. Parker was, was a great leader and a great uh, quarterback for us, but there's some things that, that Dallas, I think, does better at times. Sometimes he does a better job of getting rid of the ball and, ha- and does a lot better job scrambling at times and so that's really been a big part of our success is just this his leadership and his willing to you know just string out a play and, and make it work so i'm really proud of him he's done a great job for us and he's had a lot of help in that offensive backfield alex curry yep. mason derue blake yep. hirely i mean these are uh-huh. new guys new faces yeah. that are stepping right in and producing yeah, they, they really are, and, and that was the big question we had at the beginning of the year, would they be able to do it? You know, uh, it's always hard for uh, guys playing JV last year as freshmen to come in and, and play in big games as these guys have played, and they just they just have kind of relished that role, and I really believe it's the seniors that uh, and our captains that have just kind of pulled them aside and said, hey, you're going you're gonna to play great, we expect you to do it, and we don't care how young you are, we expect you to to play up to that level, and I, and I really believe they have. Coach, a couple of your big guys on both sides of the football that have that really stepped up. Uh, Jared Whitty, one of the few guys coming back that had some experience yeah. along that offensive front. Your bookends with J- Joseph Collier and, and Ben as well, uh, a senior. 
Uh, I mean, Joseph's been starting it since his freshman year. Yeah. And, yeah. and and Ben's been one of the few big stat producers you guys had coming back this year. Right. It starts up front. Right. Those guys have led a largely inexperienced group very well. Yeah, they really have. You know, I I, I really say probably Ben Voyle is our, our best athlete on the team. He's probably our best player both on both sides of the ball. He just does so many things well uh, and and works his, works his tail off and and leads. He's not a, he's not a big vocal guy, but he's gonna he's gonna lead by example. And I think they those two guys in particular, Ben and and um, and Joe, really give a lot of teams fits. At least they have so far. I mean, they're. They're two bookends that we believe in, and, and you know, you're going to have to uh, decide on how you're going to handle both of them because they're both going to come at you. And, and Witty, too, has just done a, a great job for us on both sides of the ball. We like his leadership. He's probably the most, other than Dallas, he's probably the uh, the next best vocal leader on this team that, that they just love him, and he, he sells out. He believes in the team, and he's done a great job for us. Coach, you look at the the big one coming up this Friday, and for the last several years, it's been Adam Central getting the better of their yeah. rival. Uh, going into the game, it, it feels like man, maybe a, a little flipped in terms of who's the favorite and who's the underdog. Uh-huh. But how well, do you I, approach I, it? Yeah. Now, say, pardon me. I mean, how do you approach that with your guys? It's a little bit yeah. of a different dynamic in terms of maybe the hunted or the hunter yeah. as opposed to the hunted. Right, and I I would agree with that. They are they are solid. I mean, when you look at them on film, they have skill uh, all over the field, and and they're they're a big challenge for us. You know, I I would definitely say they are uh, they are better than us in a, in a lot of ways, especially in skill. And now with experience, you know, those guys were were young and been playing and have you know made their way into who they are. So yeah, it is it is a little bit different. Um, than what we were the last few years where we had the experience and the skill. So, you know, we approach it in much the same way. We know it's a rivalry game. We know it's going to be a battle. It's going to be uh, a hard test for us. If, if we can't uh, stop their big play, which is what they do, I mean, they are good uh, at the big play, and they want to score fast and score as often as they can. If we can't, if we can't slow them down, we're going to be in trouble. And if we can't move the ball and drain clock and get first downs and score <laughs> be in trouble. So, I mean, it seems pretty basic, um, but it, it is a huge challenge for us. Like this, um, it, 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 it's, it's definitely uh, we're the underdogs for sure. Coach, how difficult is it to defend an offense that can go four and five wide? The spread is difficult at any level, but particularly at the 1A level when you have a lot of guys going both ways. Yep. How tough yep. is that? Extremely. It, it is difficult. You know, and that's why I say it's going to be a, a big challenge. You know, and we're and we're inexperienced in the secondary. You know, we we have been trying to improve each week in that. Uh, we've been we've been pretty uh, fortunate that we haven't played too many extreme passing teams. And so now here's a huge challenge for us. And at the one A level, you're right. It's it is it is extremely important. You either you either have speed or you don't. You know, and and it's it's either kind of the roll of the dice and see what you got. And we got what we got, so we're going to have to play with what we got. And it is it is a difficult task. I, I think they are they are a lot faster than we are, uh, and so we're going to have to be able to be smart to know our keys and, and know where we need to be in order to prevent that. Uh, we definitely Ben and Joe have to be big on the, the bookends to be able to not let uh, James Arnold sit back there and, and pick us apart. So it's going to be a total team effort. I mean a total team effort. Uh, and we'll see if our kids are up for it. We'll, we'll see. 
Monroe, Indiana, right off Highway 27, the place to be Friday night, uh, 7 o'clock, kickoff Adams Central and South Adams, 5-0 and versus 5-0. and Coach, I appreciate the time. Good luck on Friday. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. At Coach Michael Mosher, Adam Central Flying Jets, his team 5-0. and They are winners of, I, I think, 20 straight regular season games. Um, I don't know if it's that, or 20th straight, I think, ACAC games. Uh, last loss was 28-16 to to Woodland back in 2016. Uh, they have owned the conference the last couple years. South Adams trying to steal that from the Flying Jets on Friday. That's going to do it for us. Thank you to Coach Mosier, Coach Chad Zolman, Coach Josh Gerber, and Mr. Dan Vance we kicked off the show with. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back week seven next Tuesday, 6 o'clock for D.C. Hendricks. I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumbach Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.